The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to The Ball Bikes, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and welcome to episode 2, season 1 of The Ball Bags. You're joined by myself, the Sasquatch, and the chief of controversy that is the coach. How are you mate? Are you all good? Again, another week, still here. Um, the other lad didn't last long, did he? Yeah, obviously, um, apologies have been sent in by the bottom feeder athlete. He will be in attendance next week. I'll remember that the week you're scheduled to be away as well. <laughs> um, yeah, look, a busy weekend, a lot to get through. We'll kind of go through our player of the weekend. We're only going to do one um, debate in our agree to disagree, but we're also going to look to do a brief overview of the Premier League this year with maybe five questions from myself thrown towards a resident expert, the coach. And in return, the NFL also kicked off this season, uh, this weekend, so the coach might lobby some questions back at me even though I am far from an expert. Then we'll get down to agree to disagree. We're going to have a quick look ahead to the United Rugby Championship, which is coming in two weeks' time. Follow it up with the final segment of the day, which is Have You Seen This? So we actually have a few, I think, for this that we might all from America, um, but we'll bring them all in. So, Coach. Yes, sir. Player of the weekend. We were we were split this week. <sighs> the one I put forward isn't one I ever wanted to put forward, nor did I ever think I would, but uh, I think Cristiano Ronaldo has to get a mention, doesn't he? Like, I mean, it's one of those situations <laughs> that... It couldn't, have, it couldn't have gone any better for him. Now, I don't know if he's paid off that keeper, but um, <laughs> he was brutal. Like, not, neither, nor, neither, of, neither or nor of them two goals should have gone in. Yeah, look, it's uh, Newcastle are in a... They seem to be perennially in a dark place. Um, I'm not sure when it'll end, or... Well, I know how it'll be remembered, but you'd have to query the Mike Ashley reign in Newcastle. It's not... It's not the club I grew up watching in the nineties and the early nineties. The uh, they were they were always kind of a top half side as a, as a child as a youth, um, and they're far from that now. So strange. Um, the second player of the weekend we obviously went with Chandler Jones, brother of MMA royalty and John Bones Jones. Um, had five tackles, four tackles for a loss, and two forced fumbles last night in a trouncing of the Tennessee Titans by the Arizona Cardinals. There was a lot of honourable mentions, um, none of which were in a Mayo jersey. I think we get that out there straight away. A disappointing All-Ireland final, to say the least. Um, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll crack on. There's not an awful lot to be said about the All-Ireland final. Um, no, it's a disgrace. Look, look, sorry, go on. 
I wouldn't say sport now, but um, <laughs> oh, we're gonna be shot. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. Look, the the attention does turn this week to the Champions League, which kicks off in earnest. Do have a we record now on a Monday night. Episodes published on a Wednesday, so we don't fully know the score in the Everton Burnley game, but we'll leave it there. Um, so with a quick overview of the English Premier League. I have five questions stacked here for the for the coach. You ready to kick this on? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Okay, the question you're most looking forward to, we get it over and done with. Fairy tale second debut for Ronaldo. Can he sustain production over the course of the season? I've been telling people yourself, friends, and I just can't see how this was a good business, but it, it did, don't get me wrong, it went really, really well for him and for them and for fans. I couldn't believe every single one of my Instagram stories this weekend was people at the United game, like Irish people at the United game, which number one during the COVID time, I actually couldn't believe, I thought it was how everyone got a ticket as well. But um, look, a lot of people seem to go, but I just think the minute they go through a little bit of a rough patch, I just have a feeling it could crumble. Um, like let's let's be honest, defensively they don't look in any great shape. Um, but I suppose the question being, can Ronaldo sustain it? Of course, Ronaldo can sustain it. He's one of the, like he's one of the greatest of all time. And what will get him through those lulls is him being on set pieces, which I think is where the downfall of Bruno Fernandez comes in. Um, like if Ronaldo goes three, four games of a dry spell, you can bet your bottom daughter he's going to be on every set piece. Um. True. They're saying that Bruno's goal on the weekend was oh, was special. It was. It was. It was special. Um, but let's be honest. You know, going forward, they did. They looked like they were brilliant. They were a great side. It was great to see. For you know, okay, I'm a Liverpool fan, but like to have United competing again is 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 excellent. Like for the league, I think, and it's probably excellent for Ronaldo coming to the league too. Um, for the neutral fans, um, but. Because of the because of the way the two goals went in, I think had that been any other team or keep, I'm not convinced they would they would have gone in and maybe it it looks a little bit different. Um, <sighs> it's true. Like I, I do I do understand where you come from. I suppose like the thing for me anyway is and rightly or wrongly, there always seems to be more interest, more explosive games when United are involved in the title challenge mm. if that makes sense so it is good to see them challenging so look um, but I, yeah. I do wonder how they're going to keep them all happy like you look at those front three positions you got Ronaldo like Martial Rashford Greenwood Cavani Sancho um, Lingard arguably um, Pogba has played okay he's a midfielder naturally, but he, he could potentially move into one of one of the wider, he could potentially. Sorry, there's a lot of fireworks off in the background. I don't know if you can pick them up, but there's a lot of uh, he could potentially fireworks. Not about Ronaldo, but um, yeah, I just wonder how they're gonna they're gonna keep those six people happy in a front three positions. Okay, they've got Champions League football, which is gonna help, but yeah, I still think they need to they need to they need to plump up the midfield. So yeah, there's way too much time spent on Ronaldo here tonight. Yeah, and there's probably a very unhappy Dutchman on the bench as well, which mm-hmm. is going to become more and more of a distraction. Um, we're moving swiftly on. Um, 
probably a, a good sight for Irish fans over the weekend. Same in name, same in name. You know you apologies if I, if I butcher this, but Andrew Omobamadeli nice. gave an assured performance in his Premier League debut for Norwich. If Norwich go down, as they are slated to do and have done so over the previous number of years, is it better for his development to go down with Norwich or try and find a more established Premier League side? I'm thinking maybe like a Palace or someone of that ilk that maybe isn't going to be challenging for Europe, but almost secure the same. I, I think it would be a massive stretch. I, I would actually see him going the opposite way. I think he's been quite lucky with injuries and stuff. At Norwich, you look at um, Ozan Kabak coming in at Liverpool last season, who probably will eventually get in the team ahead of him. I think he's probably had it really, really lucky. I could see him ending up at like a, a Huddersfield type of club. I don't think he's a... He's been brilliant for us. I think he's he needs a couple of years more development before we can talk about him staying at an established club in the Premier League. I, don't, I can't see anyone, if Norwich went down, going out to get him, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to think of the equivalent might be maybe uh, Conor Masterson that was at Liverpool who went to QPR and now all of a sudden he's in League One with uh, off the top of my head who's he with with, with um, is it Cambridge where Wes Houlihan is um, I th- I see his I see his career going the opposite way maybe a little bit at a higher end League One or a, a championship level club before he moved on up um, I just can't see if Norwich go down uh, staying at Norwich I think would be an incredible achievement to for him if Norwich, which by all means they look like they will probably get relegated, let's be honest, even even at only four games in, I don't see much hope from staying up. Um, I think staying at Norwich and getting game time next year in the Championship would be the best out- outcome for him. Okay. Um, if you haven't guessed uh, by now, I'd just like to point out that all the questions featured on today's show are classic overreactions. We're only four weeks into the Premier League <laughs> and we're a week into the NFL. Haven't even played the final round, the final game of the round. But moving swiftly on, and this is this is up there. Leicester's second loss of the season, albeit to City and what are an ever improving West Ham. Is there concern that they will make a regression this season? Yes, I think they're um they haven't really improved the squad. As good as Rodgers mm-hmm. has been for the squad, he's very good with the players at, at his disposal, um, generally. But I think there is limits on that as well. Like there is, he's probably got the best out of him for three years now, and he didn't really make any massive signings. Vardy's on probably the latter end of his career. Yeah, he's still going to get you goals, but look, he's what is he? I think he's thirty. He's almost thirty-five. Um, I think Ian Acho shades of. Shades of Poch at Spurs, I think, towards the end, potentially. Yeah, maybe they're they're probably gonna lose Tillemans, you'd imagine, um, in January, if not January, probably the summer, you'd imagine. Um, I could see someone like United going in for Wilfred and Didi, um, just to plump up that midfield. I think he would have been the perfect signing for United. They do the one thing I will say, they do get young, good players coming through, but I'm just not sure it's the players they need to spring back up into second, third, fourth place, um. You look at like Johnny Evans at the back, um, people like that. They just they haven't really strengthened, and that's where they're they always seem to be a team in development, um, not transition but development. If that makes sense. Um, I see them maybe say, oh, somewhere between sixth and eighth. Okay. 
Um, again, in the line of reactions, and I'm cognizant of the fact that at the time of recording, we're currently 23 minutes into the Everton Burnley fixture. Scores nil all. Siskid age absolutely terrible. But Burnley languishing in the drop zone. Can Deich avoid the drop? I think he uh, he's done it for so long in terms of done well for him. But I think Norwich are gonna go. I think Newcastle are gonna go. And for me, it's between Burnley and Watford then, if they don't drag Arsenal in. But uh, <laughs> um, well, look, everyone was on about Ronaldo. No one talked about the technical genius of Arteta getting Arsenal from twentieth to sixteenth on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. No. Look, they have yeah. to come good. No, I think with Burnley, it's a funny one because I don't think Leeds are as bad as 18th place. Um, hmm. They are a great side. They've had, you look at the fixture they've had so far, they've had a tough like So, I mean, I do see them coming good. Um, now, I think they probably deserve a bit of bad luck after the treatment they've given Harvey Elliott over the weekend with the injury. I know Leeds. I've always said Leeds and Ellen Road is a place I'd love to go and visit for a game because I just think they create an unbelievable atmosphere but I thought it was pretty a little bit over the line maybe on the weekend some of the chants that were sang and, and stuff aimed at at, at a young Harvey Elliott like, but, and you know you get that and fans yeah, are back but, and they're getting overexcited and whatever but a few points in that like, but it just they, I wouldn't like to see Leeds go down I think they're a really good side to watch really good side to watch yeah. Burn, does Deich get Burnley out it'd be touch and go really touch and go yeah um, I think Watford would be lucky to stay up as well. Again, nice team, nice players, but I'm not sure they have to. I'm not sure they have it in them. Okay, well, in a similar vein, I suppose. Four weeks in, who are your favourites from what you've seen to go down or narrowly avoid? So you can potentially we've listed Norwich, we've listed Newcastle, mm. we've thrown Burnley in there. If you had to throw in another three sides into the mixer for relegation fodder. Who would they be? Watford have said in there. Um, Southampton are a nice team again, similar to Leicester. They haven't. They're they're almost like a, a lower half Leicester side in that they haven't really um, done it with the squad. They haven't really improved the squad. They haven't really made much. Okay, Kyle Walker lost things too as well. Lost things, which a massive loss. Like where their goals come from. Down their goals aren't going to come from. Like Shea Adams isn't really a goal. Sorry, he scores goals, but he's not. You know. A twenty goal a season man, he's a great assist man. I'd love him at Liverpool as a second striker nearly as a plan B, but um instead of Divock Origi, um Divot Origi they call him. Um but like Shane Long, he's probably they've kept him around. Like I'm, I like Shane Long, he's a great player, he done a job for Bournemouth last year, but that's probably the levels he's at now, like, you know, um so I think Southampton needed a nice bit of an overhaul in January or they're getting really dragged in there, like um so yeah, mm. with Norwich, Newcastle, Watford, Southampton um, Wolves are surely too good to get dragged in there with a toss I'd like to think there's an, an awful lot of investment into Portuguese talent um, but talent no, no, nonetheless yeah so it's yeah, probably your, your Norwich your Newcastle your Burnley your Watford they're the four probably split between the three places don't see Leeds staying in 18 for too long Correct. yourself any any raise on that <sighs> I just don't see well I don't see Norwich staying up Um Newcastle and Burnley are the same for me in terms of I don't see them going down. I seen them seen them being able to just pull it out of the bag. Um but in the same way like, I don't see both of them being able to pull it out of the bag. Watford I think yeah is a good shout. Like I mean they're a great opening day of the season of winning against Villa. 
Um, but yeah, probably Norwich, Watford, and I'm going to say Burnley because even though he's kept them out of of the drop over the last, let's say, three to four years, they've still been slowly regressing. Yeah, they've kind of overstayed their welcome, if you want. Yeah, like, let's be honest, when, when you start talking about these big leagues, like your Premier League, your NFLs, your NBAs, you have to be constantly looking to progress, and they haven't looked to progress. Mm. Like, like, it's okay to come up and survive the first season, but you have to do a Wolves, you have to look to, how do we get to the middle of the table now? How do we, like, look, like, I know it's probably, it's fairy tale stuff, but look at Leicester, who for years were up and down, up mm. and down. And then once they got stable, they got a good run. And look, the the Premier League they won was magical stuff, but they've built on that. They've built on that. I'm not happy to stay where they are. So I tell you, the surprise yeah. package for me, I tell you, while we're, while we're here, has been Brighton. They've been very, very good. Yes, currently fifth. Fifth, right, yeah, they? yeah, they're in fifth place. But, and okay, you're yeah. going to say, like, Lalanne has played a good amount of time for them. And I think that's the type of player they probably needed just to get that. To get what Burnley had, maybe that little bit of consistency to stay mid-table, to kind of... They didn't really have that. They're always floundering. Like They should have been in the conversation, if you think about it. like any, The past two, three years, yeah. Brighton to be in your conversation. Potter is a great manager. Potter is a great manager. Seems to be very good. Now, I think they can probably do again with a little bulking up. Okay, Neil Mopé up top is a great player, but like they're going to get rid of Connolly, aren't they? And um, It seems that way. And Welbeck, okay. Look, for us looking in, there's great Irish contingent there as well in terms of... Evan Ferguson, who signed from Bowes, Andrew Moore, who signed from Bray, and um, James Furlong. Uh, they've got Shane Duffy. So they've got good young players coming. Okay, Shane Duffy's mm-hmm. not young, but they've got good young players that are scoring goals coming up as well. And um, Sanchez and goal. They've got a decent squad there. Like, and mm. but they could probably do getting one or two types of like Lallana in it. Maybe a some sort of striker. I'm not sure who you'd bring in, still, but still have still have Welbeck on the books, don't they? They've Welbeck on the books. I tell you what, they could do if they got rid of Connolly. They Brighton could do a whole lot worse than getting Daniel Sturridge in. Yeah, like a like a just a seasoned pro, experience might get you season, you know, somewhere between player, five yeah. and ten goals a year. Um, maybe maybe they could get another midfielder. That's probably about it, though. Mm. You know, they're, they're definitely off to a hot start. If I had to throw a bonus question in, go on. First manager to lose his job, Etta. No, not just Arteta. not being funny, but I, I think that I de- well, one of two things: Arteta goes or Edu goes, because I think that interview that Edu did with Sky last week—I don't know if you saw it. It's not great. It's not great. It was yeah. a bad piece of. I don't know it's who told him to yeah. do it. I don't know whose yeah. idea that and was. It was poor. You'd like to think. You'd like to think as well. He had a bit of. Okay, we'll show it to you before we produce it. Given the manner in which it's done, like it wasn't just like he rocked in for a random interview. Um, with Jeff Shreves yeah. wasn't it like, was it Jeff Shreves that did it yeah and look I, I've gone around the fences in terms of my uh, opinion as to what's wrong with Arsenal and I think where I'm definitely at now anyway is we never replaced David Dean in 2007 um, you look at when he left there's been a there's definitely been a, a falling down like I've blamed Cronkies but like their owners at the end of the day what, how much input do owners really have in the running of a club they provide the finance they make decisions or whatever, but the actual day-to-day run of the club. And the longer he's away from the club, the more enhanced Arsene Wenger's legacy is at Arsenal. The, 
I just don't see it getting any easier for Arteta. So, do you know, just off the top of hand, right, I'm just going to ask you, do you know off the top of your head what the next three games are? It doesn't matter if you don't, but they're I want... Not, they're not a good... They're not a good... Right, well, well I, I, have them, I have them in front of me, right, but I want to ask you, without knowing who they are, how many points do you think Arteta would need from three games to keep him comfortable? Three games? How many home and away games? Uh, two away, one home. So you're going away, home, away. Um, To be comfortable, he'd need six. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to tell you, they're away to Burnley, home to Spurs, and away to Brighton. Like those two away games are probably two of the trickier because of well all three all three of those games because well well look to be fair Brighton's less of a this is going to seem counterintuitive but Brighton's less of a tricky game because they're doing so well Brighton is less of a tricky game if you get six points ahead of it if you oh, all of a sudden get a draw against Burnley and the draw against Tottenham you got two points in two games you're going into an away game at Brighton but I, but I do think if Brighton are, are languishing in the bottom and they're up for a fight, that's a, a yeah, for an yeah, Arsenal true, team. True, yeah, yeah. That's a tougher challenge. Yeah. Um. But look, why don't we stick a pin? Enjoy the fact that there's football every night this week. Mm-hmm. Got a Friday Premier League fixture as well. Um. Champions League, Europa League. Don't have to sit through it on a Thursday night this year. It's Woo-hoo. kind of a blessing in disguise, I think. And let's move on and quickly cover, I suppose, the NFL and its glorious return yesterday. Yeah. Fancy footballers up and down the country must be sick or jubilant. Did you have a good evening? I, I'm i on for a win. Um, you think? Depends on how tonight goes. <laughs> so, a few questions for you, um, Sass. Here we go. So, I've, I've gone through, you know I'm a rainy day fan when it comes to NFL and um, very much a headline follower. Um, you get so, better. Yeah, a little bit. So, the Bears, Fields... Justin Fields got some uh, game time. And what I want to know is... He had two attempts and a rush, I think. What? He had two attempts, passing attempts yeah. and a rush. He got, he got 20 seconds. Totally got game but yeah, go on, ask the question, ask the question. Justin Fields is not the fix to the Bears. Okay. Um, it's more of a statement than a question, I suppose, but yeah. Okay, well... He's not enough to fix them, so... He, so, so but, but, but how long of a fix are you talking? Are you talking... Over the season, are you talking over the next five years? Because they're very different statements and very different questions. Okay, well, I'll throw this out with him. He's not enough after one game to fix their season. Um, so if they were planning on over the next... Because we discussed it last week that we reckoned, I think, ballpark. It was somewhere between four and six games that we all agreed mm. that Fields would be in. Um, it could be two. Well, it could be two now after today, after yesterday. Mm. Um, but they need a hell of a lot more than Justin Fields to well, get on a Arguably, arguably... Um, they're up against what's been a top three defense for the last three or four definitely under Sean McVay that Rams defense has always been there or thereabouts they don't have a legitimate running game at present David Montgomery has flashes but it's nothing too serious what they do have is an like a legitimate if he had a decent quarterback over the last five years a legitimate top five wide receiver in Allen Robinson and look they're rookies, so as famed as he was and how the fact that he was the best um, college to NFL prospect. Trevor Lawrence threw three picks last night. He mm-hmm. threw three uh, touchdowns, but he threw three picks. Regardless, if you're a rookie quarterback, you're usually drafted towards the top of the draft. If you're a high-end draft pick, 
And usually they're not great situations to walk into. Now, having said that, of the rookie quarterbacks drafted, I do think the best situation is a Justin Fields, Mac Jones for success. I think that Chicago Bears side, they've been... Uh, they've blown hot and cold over the last few years. They still have Khalil Mack on, def- on defense. I don't think it would be a stretch for them to have a winning record this season. Do they make it out of the NFC North? I don't know. You see the Vikings struggled to beat... Uh, sorry, got beaten by the Bengals. Jared Goff put on an incredible second-half performance just to blow it all at the very end against the 49ers. And we've seen what Green Bay tossed up against the Saints. So I'm not 100% convinced. And look, it's week, game week ones, don't overreact. But I'm not overly convinced that the NFC North is going to be as competent as we thought it would have been at the start of the season. So okay. I wouldn't rule him out. Okay. Statement number two I would like you to um, comment on. The Chiefs have a weaker defense than the Titanic's bow. Um, well, I suppose it's it's kind of like Liverpool under Rodgers. You score did, three, we'll score did four. Did they ever? Did they ever? I think was is what I'd say to begin with. Um, the Chiefs look. The Chiefs are a high power offense, and how they succeed is they ramp up the points and they put. Um, scoreboard pressure on you or clock pressure on you so you start throwing the ball but they played up against the Browns last night who have a phenomenal running game great game love possession and the Browns took the lead so I think that Chiefs defense is suspect they're just incredible at throwing up points like even the year they won the Super Bowl now look it was if you go back to I think it was the I don't think it was the wild card but I think it was the division round they played a Deshaun Watson-led Houston Texans. And the Houston Texans were 24-0 up after the first quarter. Now, obviously, Kansas came back and won, and one comes to and Mahomes did some freakish stuff in a 10-minute period and probably threw for four touchdowns. But I don't think they ever had a great defense. They are always able to mask it because of how high-powered po- their, their offense is. Like, if Mahomes, you've Travis Kelsey, you've Tyreek Hill... Anyone else that can run fast under that ball. There's a lot of money tied up in the offensive side of the salary gap. So it's not I was just going to say, how how can you have so much money and have such a terrible, terrible defense? It's, as, as you said, though, it's because the money's tied up in the offense. Tied up in the offense. And you've tied up uh, Mahomes now for 10 years. I do think that's going to prove to be a good contract. But I think it could be a great contract years 1-4. to four. Could be a poor contract years 5, 6 and 7 I think it could be a great contract years 8, 9 and 10 last dance though yeah. a little bit a little so. bit and then what happens if they lose Mahomes should he get injured are they going to in they term, literally in terms of are they rebuild they have to rebuild no but even mid, mid season they're 4 or 5 games in this season, Mahomes gets an injury and puts him out for the year. Are they done? Is that them done out of any playoff type yeah, of week? Pro- yeah, it probably is. Like, depending on when he gets injured, if it's like mm. 10 games in and they've won nine of them, they'll probably make the playoffs at a wild card berth, but they'll be cannon fodder. I just. Like, the, the AFC. Like, they played the Browns, obviously, in the playoffs last year, and mm. they won in the end with the backup quarterback. But. 
I just don't think. Yeah, I think I think Mahomes is the offense. Yeah. Generally, you know to say Brady is a system QB, that's the excuse to be for the Brady hairs like myself. Uh, I'm joking. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the system. Okay. So if he's gone, they're in a lot of trouble. Statement number three, um, and a lot of people enjoyed watching last night as the the, the Kansas and Browns game, but uh, the Browns are an OBJ away from contending. Um, not sure I agree with it. Um, I think they are a contender at, at present. Okay. Um, I know OBJ I think... got a lot of for for listeners that don't understand OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. He came out last night to do the warm up, did a bit of sideline warm up, and then was declared an active after kickoff, I believe, or very close to kickoff. Yeah. yeah. Nightmare if you had him in your fantasy squad. Um, too late then to change as well because it wasn't at a kickoff. I think where the Browns are missing, and I say this as someone who's genuinely rooting for him and wanting him to do well, I think the Browns are a proficient Baker Mayfield away. So what I mean by proficiency, Mahomes threw for 357 yards. Baker Mayfield threw for 321 yards last night. Nice. Paddy Mahomes, Paddy, Paddy Mahomes had three TDs. Baker Mayfield had an interception. Okay. Um, and Baker Mayfield had zero red zone attempts. Now, it doesn't necessarily matter because they're such a strong running game, but I do think Baker Mayfield needs to produce. I, I want him to succeed. There's been flashes. He's, he, he's always going to put a target on his back because he has that personality, that confidence level or whatever. But he needs to produce. And if he can produce... I think they've, they've, they've got tight hands as well. They've Austin Hooper, they've David Njoku. And they've good wide receivers. Even if OBJ is injured, OBJ hasn't really worked in Cleveland, let's be honest. He's there oh, three yeah. seasons. Um, Jarvis Landry is a good receiver. Would you ever see... When you you say about, I could could you see the Browns trade Mayfield over the next two three seasons for a, you know I don't know maybe a and more seasoned QB that could do something a little bit more with him. I think I mean I'm not I'm not sure the Browns fits Mayfield and OBJ at the same time. I I don't think OBJ fit, fits Cleveland. I think he fits that Miami. Be, yeah, I I was gonna say that Miami and LA. He needs a look. And Ohio is a mad football state, so it's probably a poor phrase. But he needs that big city. Mm-hmm. Like he was brilliant in New York because it's New, New York. York. Yeah. So he needs to be the star. Um, Baker could he be traded potentially? Because in reality, all the Browns really need from Baker is that mid to low level. Now, last night was a poor example, but all they really need from Baker is Ryan Tannehill. Well, Ryan Tannehill has been for the Tennessee Titans for the last two seasons. Behind an unbelievable running game, look, let's rule out last night, but a, a solid running game, a good game manager, a couple of touchdowns here and there, maybe a rushing touchdown here and there. That's all they kind of really need from him for them to be successful. So that's, I would say it's more on, on Baker. Interesting stat, though, before any Browns fans start to lose there. Hit me. That is the 17th straight season the Cleveland Browns have lost their season opener. The next closest is nine preseason openers lost in a row. So they don't do well in the first day of the season. 17 years waiting for that uh, first win of the season on the first day, basically. 
but keep right. friends. Statement numero cuatro. Jamies is the answer for Nola. So New Orleans, the Saints, Jamies. I know what Nola, no Nola means. Um, LA, Louisiana. Cool the Jets. Okay. Cool the Jets. Um, look, he looked brilliant. I'm not gonna very I'm not very surprised. Like you hear all these reports of the laser guy surgery, but the laser guy surgery wasn't over the summer, it was last summer. And he wasn't deemed good enough to play last year. Under what look evidently was a shadow of his former self, Drew Brees. He's had a good he's had a good start to the season. Good good first game. But it wasn't just his eyesight that led to all those interceptions in in Tampa. He he is a bit wild, a bit throws things that aren't always there. So good good start to the season. Let's see how it goes from here on out. They've an easier, they've a relatively easy game next next week. They're not relatively easy. They're playing Carolina, so it's a divisional matchup. They labor to a victory over the Jets. He don't look like they're up to an awful lot this season, so. He could start. He could have a good start, but we'll see how he progresses. Um, especially he is—he's a Florida man. So he's played in Tampa. He's played in New Orleans now. So let's see how he goes when he has to go into those cold weather stadiums in the back end of October, November. But look, he, it's a good start. Well, it's a serious win that moves me on to my next uh, statement um, or question. Did Rogers' off-season drama impact how badly? Well, the offense struggled for the Packers, but the Packers in general. Hmm. Because we discussed this last week, didn't we? And we were kind of said it's going to go one of two ways. Exactly. Um, obviously, very cognizant of the fact that it's just been the one game as well. But it was potentially, a game. Potentially. Potentially. Um, do I think it's something he can't overcome? No. Um but you do have to start to, as much as I am a fan of the talent, you, and I, I kind of do seem to like him because he seems like an intelligent bloke, you do have to question the attitude when he still only has one ring. Bearing in mind, they won the Super Bowl in 2010, I think. They didn't have a great regular season. They were 10-6. and six. They kind of weren't expected to do much in the playoffs, and they just got on a run. So any side that just gets on a run, you do kind of question if they don't get back to the Super Bowl, if that makes sense. If you were in head office at the Packers, would you have gone for a QB1? Is that what you would have been trading up, trading up to try and get a, a field, a Lawrence? Uh, would you have done the best you could, just given his age <laughs> and given... They've, they've invested in Jordan Love. Um, the, the All these issues stem from last season. He wanted wide receivers. And they drafted Justin Love, who's not played a snap yet. Obviously, as an organization, they see something in him. But we've yet to see it. And look, this, all, 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 like different circumstances into how they were drafted. But the where Justin Love is, is exactly where Aaron Rodgers was at the start of his career. He was sat behind Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers actually dropped drastically in the draft. He's projected to be a high-end pick, and he dropped, 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 dropped. Once, thought he was going to be picked up by San Francisco. They picked Alex Smith. And he sat for two to three years behind Brett Favre, who is Green Bay legend. So we'll, we'll have to see what Justin Love does. Can you say... Can you say should they have traded him? Potentially. Um, 
I think they signed Rodgers in an attempt to sign Devontae Adams, who's now also holding out. I think it's it's a double-edged sword. I think the two of them players are providing a bit of doubt. It's not all on Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, no, he is probably. It is, per- to answer your question. the exercise, it's Jordan Love, isn't it? Jordan Love, sorry. I said what, Justin? Yeah. Cool. It's all good. Um. Yeah. So my bonus question for you, possibly with the, with that last statement of mind, will anyone pick up Cam Newton? Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> um, there probably was a few sides you would have maybe taught just as an and in case. I was thinking maybe Denver. Teddy Bridgewater looks very accomplished last night. I was thinking maybe Houston. Um, Tyrod Taylor looked very good last night, albeit against the Jags. He did look good, actually, Tyrod. Potentially, if you were a side of the ilk of Atlanta, you could say, do you know what, Matt Ryan has those demons in his head from that day, um, and I don't think he's ever going to get them more four years on, and he still hasn't got back to that level. Potentially, you pick him up and start the rebuild a year earlier. Or I was always thinking maybe, look, the Daniel Jones thing in, in New York just isn't working. I don't see it working. So do you bring him in? It, it's wherever he goes. I don't think it's going to be a good situation for Cam because it's going to be the move that starts the rebuild. So whoever does pick him up is 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 ready to start rebuilding. So they'll bring him in and he'll start losing all his talent. So okay. that would. Be what a, what age would he be now, Cam? Cam surprisingly young. Um, I don't have a Google device in front of me, but I would say Cam is, I guess, early thirties. Maybe Cam I could be. Newton is thirty-two years of age, so he's got yeah. he's got three, four years in him anyway. Minimum. Minimum. Um, and there, I know there was there relatively was, healthy too. There was reports actually after the, the Washington game that they might have been interested. There's another great show, actually. Didn't even think of that. Uh, obviously, Fitzpatrick has been placed on injury reserve. He could be out a while. But then Taylor Heineke did well in the playoffs and did well last night as well. I know they ultimately lost the charges, but Taylor or Tyler probably got that one wrong as well. Heineke doesn't seem like a bad... Maybe you run him to the mill and if, he, if he's not going to work, then... Because their defense is pretty much set. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um they've good players as well in um Terry McAlarm, Antonio Gibson, so maybe they just they're just a quarterback away. Nice. Um yeah, there's three potential land spots I suppose for Cam. Washington, Atlanta, New York. And if you were to pick one? Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Stuff. Thank you, Sasquatch. All right, so that's the uh, the English Premier League and the NFL kicked off. Um, obviously, we won't be getting too much NBA coverage. I know you're mad for us to get there, but yeah. we're still a few weeks away from that yet. But what we are only about two weeks away from is a brand new competition in the United Rugby Championship. So, mano y mano, agree to disagree. The United Rugby Championship will be the best thing to happen domestic rugby since the inception of the European Cup. Disagree. 
Kane Fall. I think we on our on our taster um podcast or episode we did a little bit on it and you know what we thought about it and stuff like that. I feel like and then repeating a little bit what I said at the time, the marketing seems well, to have bear, dipped. Bear in mind. Oh, that yeah. This was the the episode that disappeared. Yeah, the episode that disappeared. The episode that never was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we we spoke a little bit about it before, prior to the pod, and I just feel like it started on such a high, and we were we were we were told Rock Nation was involved, and Jay Z is involved, and all these American investors and. Um, all this sort of stuff. I think we also said it was very similar branding to Major League Rugby, um, and maybe we're maybe we're being um, maybe we're shooting our load a little bit earlier or whatever. But we're saying that maybe there's some sort of connection cross water. But I was saying, I suppose down down the line. But I just feel like a lot went into the the initial press release, and then it all seemed to fall fallow and not have kind of a lot of follow-up detail and not kind of I know they released new kind of crests for not crests for everything but emblems to represent them and and then there was the release of fixtures that never happened and then the Scottish now teams are going mad because fixtures are on their typical club day when in the past I think in you know the Guinness Championship or in the Pro 12 or whatever you want to call it they got their Friday night games whereas now they're being forced to play on a Saturday for television purposes I think so I'm not sure it's gonna be everything it's cracked up to be, and I know you're a big fan. I'm not just not sure it's doing it for me just yet. Like, yeah, look, I would, I would say I, I, I wouldn't say I'm on the fence. I'd say I jump both sides of the fence, depending on what mood I wake up in the morning. Um, I see a lot of positives in it. Okay, obviously you've mentioned the relationship with Rock Nation. Obviously, the company owned by Jay Z. They don't tend to back scrubs. Um, they heavily invest in a number of franchises and players in the United States. It's also, and this is the key point for me, it's heavily backed by CVC, which is a US-based private equity firm. And you kind of need to understand a bit about it to know where we're going with it. So CVC invested in the Pro 14. The relationship with Guinness was coming to an end. And they basically, they, they've started investing in a lot of European-based leagues and stuff like that. So they've invested in La Liga. They've invested in Formula One. In addition to the Six Nations, which a lot of rugby fans will be familiar. So in terms of field sports, they seem to be putting a lot of emphasis in rugby. I don't know whether that just aligns with their goals, considering they're an American company. I don't know why they've selected rugby, but it is important. Now, when they invested, there wasn't supposed to be the four... South African sides. We we had the two. We had the Cheetahs and the Kings. They've gone by the wayside now. So we now have the Bulls, the Stormers, the Sharks, the Lions. The more maybe storied South African sides. Um, so obviously the quality of the league is going to jump up a little bit. Do you, do, you think, li- do you really think that though? I'm sorry for interrupting there. But do you, you looked at when the South African teams came in the last stage of the reign, whatever we used to call it. Because there's that many name changes now. But do you think the quality actually came up? Because there were some trouncings. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is it has now. So okay. the, the sides, the Cheetahs and the Kings, they basically were expelled from Super Rugby because they weren't competitive. But these four sides have left Super Rugby. So Super Rugby now is in a bit of a mess. It's going to be the domestic competition in Australia and Rugby Oterra, which is New Zealand, obviously. Um, 
the interesting aspect for the South African sides, they are eligible for the Championship Cup on the back of this campaign. So, as of 2022-2023, they're going to be eligible. We've discussed this now, obviously not on air because we lost the episode, but I do think this is down the path of... We're looking at a Rugby World Cup in 2023. Travel logistics aside, mm-hmm. the time isn't an issue. Is it scope for South Africa to maybe enter into the Six Nations? That seems a bit wild, a bit out there, but kickoff times are going to be the same. South Africa is... Um, obviously, they're trying to mend bridges now with the Rugby Championship, but South Africa is very hurt over what happened during the COVID period. Um so obviously they went a year after winning the World Cup without a competitive fixture because of COVID, because of the outbreak of COVID. Um, but what I know the the South African Rugby Union are very upset over was the fact that the Argentinian rugby side was given the opportunity to quarantine for 14 days in Australia and then play the All Blacks, whereas the South African side weren't afforded that luxury. They feel completely neglected by Sanzar, which is the union for New Zealand, Australia and South Africa. And hence, they've pulled out the uh, the Super Rugby Championship and have made the move to Europe. Look, logistically, in the midst of a pandemic, with various different COVID regulations and the travel complications, it's it's, it's probably the worst time they could ever choose to do it. Mm. They're not going to do that unless there's a good reason. I do have concerns on a number of issues. One, salary cap issues have been long been an issue in the Pro 14. So the Irish sides are paid far superior to the Scottish, Italian and Welsh. If you look at the salary cap situation across Europe, France obviously is the highest per side. Then it's ourselves, then England, Scotland, Italy. And finally, the area that's struggling the most is the Welsh regions. Where is South Africa going to come in there? They're definitely going to be top three. So... Are they going to look to introduce a salary cap across the league? If not, I see the Welsh side struggling. I see the Italian side's definitely struggling. I know, obviously, Benetton won that Rainbow Cup, but that was a shadow boxing exercise. Another huge issue for me is the stadium quality discrepancy. There's a serious difference in Loftus Versfield, which would be the the home of the Bulls is an incredible stadium. It's up a high altitude. It's it's like one of those places you have to play as a professional player before you die. Versus Rodney Parade in, in Newport or even Energy at Park. There's a colossal discrepancy. Um, so they're my kind of areas of concern. Look, there is a lot. Like, increased branding. You also have guaranteed terrestrial coverage. Which yeah. is a huge... like. The Super Championship doesn't get that in New Zealand or Australia. It's still pay-per-view. It's behind a paywall. That's a massive opportunity um, in all the countries that exist. I just think... I think the United Rugby Championship will get this year, next year, maybe the year after. won't be what the final product will be. I think it'll probably go back to 14 teams. I don't think the South African side is going to lose one. I'd be concerned about ourselves, but I definitely think we're probably going to lose. I don't think they'll allow us to drop to one Scottish side. I'd have concerns around the Italian sides and I definitely have concerns around the Welsh side. So I think you could lose an Irish side and you could lose one of the Italian or one Welsh side. When so, you say that, what you mean? Within the competition moving forward? Yeah. Essentially, are you saying this is a ploy to turn 
the URC to the new Heineken Cup? No, and I'll tell you why. Because European rugby will forever be reliant or will require French and English sides. It just can't. As much as South Africa are a world force, you just can't have a league that big which has five nations now. Okay, let me rephrase it then. Do you see the URC becoming a league version of European rugby? Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty. It's it. It is effectively, and a, a rugby attempt at the European Super League. So you see, yeah, say uh, Saracens enter. You see uh, a Saracens enter when they and they actually might be able to break the financial fair play rules essentially that they had in the Premiership. You see two to four French teams entering again. Massive bills that they are massive. Sorry, wage. Is that the way you see it going? That I don't know. That I it, don't would, know. it would make I, sense. I, I, it would I seem think, like why they invested. I think. I think it'll be. It's. I think it'll become a smaller league. I'm not sure if it becomes a smaller league to get it become a bigger league. So I think. Look, we've all watched Pro 14 games. They've done some nice things in terms of like the fixture list. I know the the Scots aren't happy, and um, that's more of a cultural thing than anything they probably ever envisaged. But like. They've avoided fixtures on weekends when they know there's going to be international. So you're not going to see Leinster be against Benin. Yeah. They're going to try and have... The best. A internationals. Now, that probably puts a lot of pressure on the RFU and their central contracting. It was back to a conversation we had on the Barstools where we spoke about possible IRFU representative side in the Premiership or the Championship. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one. Or a fifth province-style team. Potentially, we need to get comfortable with the fact that central contracting was brilliant, has been brilliant for us, but it may be coming to an end, and that may be for the betterment of Irish rugby. I don't see how how it's harmed New Zealand rugby, Australian rugby, South African rugby to have their best talent playing in Europe. So I don't see why it would be to our detriment to have our best talent playing in France. Or playing in New Zealand or wherever I think you add extra strings to a player's bow with playing in different cultures different competitions so okay let me raise you then so let's revisit our little thing about what we spoke about about marketing purposes and the major league rugby and possibly down the line being some what intermingled with this so two years time we end up with French teams English teams possibly in the URC combination of ML, Major League Rugby and all of a sudden you've got your Irish superstars possibly playing their rugby out in New York well, there is a lot of Irish players in the Major League Rugby as is yeah um, you know what I mean but, I'm saying that they, well, I, well I would counteract that by saying if I looked at it with a clinical view a cynical view I would say Major League Rugby was an attempt to dip the toe of the American audience into rugby because obviously there's the San Diego, was it Macito place and the San Diego Guillotines or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's regional based. So you're like, okay, that's my side. I'll I'll start following the rugby. And then if you look at the MLS, like every MLS fan has a European team that they support. Mm-hmm. They would support LA Galaxy, but they'd also support Barcelona. So why would this be any different? 
Yeah, maybe, but maybe you open it. It's a proper. You have Major League Rugby, but are playing for an actual World Championship, not baseball players playing for the World Championship. That's only based in America, or the Super Bowl is a World Championship that's only based in America. Do you know what I mean? So it's a more international yeah. brand. If you tie it all into one, it would be the f- first of its kind to ever be more like an international based league. I'd imagine. Yeah, across a couple I just of think continents. There's reason why there's reasons why that has never worked before, and it is just travel logistics and stuff like this. Like I mean, yeah, but is it not? It's not an easier. Money. You can get to New York and play a game of the weekend, the same as you could go to Johannesburg and play a game. If not easier, but can a can a fan but can fan can a fan go to New York to watch a game when the biggest commute they've had has been to Italy? They've probably never gone to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, 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 they, and they get a going to pay to, to play in the game. Coliseum. So if you have Leinster going over to play in the Coliseum, do you end up with a full stadium rather than maybe a third field, quarter field stadium? No, you no, you probably you probably get Irish Americans that go to see it, but you probably don't get Irish fans that travel over because. How long is the flight to LA? Is it twelve to sixteen hours? Yeah, it'll probably have to be an East Coast league or an East Coast sides. Yeah, and and look, that's I don't think that's affordable for the average rugby fan. Not on a week in week week basis. So, you, so you say, okay, this is brilliant. I can go to LA, but that's my only game I'm going to see this year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're gonna have the same problem with South Africa. Although they'll have the fan base there. That's your what you're saying, pretty much, isn't it? Like they're gonna fill the stadium see, regardless. The, See, see the one factor in South Africans and why I think it will work is there is a colossal amount of South Africans based in the UK, okay. based in Ireland, based in France, based in Italy. Do you know? And the and the, and the cheaters and the kings didn't really work because they weren't storied kind of sides. They weren't yeah, minnows. Yeah, yeah. The minnows. Whereas these four sides, maybe lesser to a lesser extent, the lions, but the sharks, the stormers, and the bulls, they are like. They're they are to people from those regions what Kilkenny Horan is. Yeah, the rugby royalty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Is it exciting? Yes. Is it scary? Also, yes. Is, is where I put it. But I'd say definitely stay tuned. You're going to have it on your terrestrial TV. So you're going to have an RT. You're going to have TG Four. If you're lucky enough to have Sky and Now TV, all games are on Premier Sports. Now I think they're the Pro Fourteen. One of the big fall downs over the last number of years it was it was on air sports no one wanted air sports that could get away from having it um, and it was also geo-locked so if the Ospreys were playing the, the Scarlets I couldn't watch it do you know or I'd struggle to watch it so that's yeah. a that's a good thing now that look you, if you're playing your Sky subscription you get Premier Sports you can watch every single game I think they do need to, a, a bit of a revamp on their whole. Like we'll we'll see from the first game when it's out, like the commentary teams, the presenting team before the game. Do you look Premier Sports haven't been great at that? Um, they do get good the only fixtures, thing, but they don't. The only thing I, w- I would say, if anyone managed to watch the United Ronaldo game, it does look like Premier Sports have see, received significant financial investment into their product. The the production, albeit was Neil Lennon and Stephen Kelly, I think, as pundits. But the actual production around it, the graphics mm. and stuff, seem to have got a lot better. So maybe there's been a bit of investment for the United Rugby Championship, maybe. Potentially. Yeah, fingers crossed. Okay, well, when we park it there, we'll revisit it the weekend of the 24th when it uh, kicks off back into our screams and back into our lives. Um, so let's finish it up with a few. Have you seen this? Because I think there's been a few stateside. 
yeah. over the weekend. First one I'm going to drop in is a franchise that was desperate to avoid any headlines um, this season kicked off with a headline in week one. So FedEx Field, the home of the Washington football team, Red Hogs, Flying Admirals, whatever they're going to call themselves, no one knows. But they had a sewerage pipe burst in the middle of the game that flooded fans. And went all over it went viral on social media. So so not a good look for Washington week one. Yeah, there's a lot of booze. A lot of booze. Um anything else you seen from the from the week coach? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the one I think it went viral as well was the cat at the Miami Hurricanes college game. Um so Miami Hurricanes obviously have a massive following and the the cat's hanging on to the top tier and it's fallen and been caught in nothing other than the American flag they've caught the cat in and you know they've raised it up like the i don't know simba got raised in the lion king and had a big cheer now but i suppose it's a dramatic fall it is it's about 30 feet um and you would wonder how the cat got into the stadium i don't know if anyone's ever that listens to the show has ever been to that stadium the hard rock stadium it's not exactly you know in the middle of the city center so it's it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere so you'd wonder why the cat was in the stadium I initially thought maybe it's some sort of college uh, they have weird college Ritual. kind of thing ritually type of things over there um, so yeah it was, that concerned me a little bit but yeah for those you haven't seen have a watch it's I suppose it's good knowing now that you've listened to us that the cat doesn't die um, so it's probably <laughs> a, little, a little bit easier to watch um, so yeah the cat survives so do have a watch it's I suppose one of them things that draws you in and this was finally just a brief touch on it. The speaking of cats, the augmented reality Carolina Panther, pretty cool to see. Um, look, it's it's good to see organizations pushing the boundaries on the fan day experience. Um, not really too lucky over the last eighteen months to get out and get to games. We're starting to come back, so hopefully we'll see similar investment in game day and fan day experience. Um, but it's always good to see sides pushing the boundaries I think we'll leave it there yes sir that's all from me that's all from me thank you and good night